0: Hello and welcome back to another week of the DP World Tour Picks and Bets. Skylar Hoke here, Tom Jacobs. How are we doing, my friend?
1: I'm good. I'm good. It'd be better if Henny uh, duplicy could have actually put four rounds together instead of two. Um, but, you know, impressive all the same. And uh, it just feels like one of those little runs at the moment. But I think now we're in a kind of tournament that, um, you know, we have some data on. We, we have a decent field. Some good odds, and uh, it feels like a proper DP World Tour event as opposed to what we've had over the last few months. So, all in all, pretty good sky.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. It's actually one where I sometimes wake up on Monday mornings feeling like I can you know double-digit type of guys we were really looking at the field. And I felt really dialed in to, to really who I was and, and got there from a decision at the top and then able to sprinkle some long shots that seemed like uh, we could make some some good uh, numbers around. And, of course, being back at the Belfry, um, you know, of course, with as much history as we have here, you know, held Ryder Cups in the past. Um, the last time we did see it, uh, it was the scene of the crime, if we all remember, you know, all these people across the world rooting for Richard Bland, getting his first ever victory, you know, and here we are just smashing the souls of myself, Axis, you know, any other Guido, just truthers that are out there. Um, So Dick Bland, I'm happy for you getting a win, but um, man, my my heart's still a little
1: hurt. We've had enough of you now, Richard Bland. You've had your feel good story. Now we can let you know that you ruined our lives. Um, you know, you, you kind of, you always root for a guy like that to win until it's the time where it's against you and your personal favorite, uh, mm-hmm. especially when you're financially invested as well. But there's two, know,
0: two instances of this in my life that I can call off the top of my head. Richard Bland in Guido and Brooks losing the, the Masters to Tiger. Like I had heavily invested to Brooks. I was on Xander. And of course, as good of a story as it gets with Tiger, but you know, money out of the pocket, like it's like
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. Tiger, yeah, yeah. You know, we're not interested in your comeback story. Um, you know, it's it's tough, right? It's one of those ones where um, finances and you know, these are guys that you like, right? You know, you, you like. I'm pretty sure you like Pris Capcut. I'm pretty sure that you know. We obviously like guido so you know it's one it's financially invested but two you are actually rooting for that person as well just because another story comes along and trumps it doesn't mean uh doesn't make it any easier so um hopefully not the case this week at the British masters
0: yep and you know good for audrey Adnas. you know don't want to miss that um yes. you know winning the winning uh first ever event for him last week, um, only, a week to, after. Uh, only a week yeah. after i bet him but you know, yeah, oh of course about. Of course. And of course, you know, Oliver Becker continues the excellent form. Give a special shout out to Axis. He was on both of those guys um, last week. So that makes for a sweat free playoff to enjoy. So now it's our turn um, and let's get to it here. So if we look at the top of the the odds boards, um, we're having some guys come over that we haven't seen. Do you mention, you know, having a field of this. Um, caliber. It is great to see Robert McIntyre returning over from playing overseas. Sam Horsfield also back in the field, sprinkled around Adrian Moroc, Jordan Smith, Audrey right up there, Lori Cantor, Rasmus Hoygard. Those are the best golfers, 33 and under uh, for us here. Tom, any of them uh, fancying?
1: Lot actually, um, and it, and it was a really, really difficult decision. And I'm not entirely convinced I'm happy with the one that I've gone with, but um, I might as well roll straight into that. I've gone with Laurie Cancer, and, it, and it's I said last week that I wasn't sure that I could take him because I didn't trust him on a Sunday. And lo and behold, you know, it, it didn't pan out right. Um, why am I now taking him at a shorter price in a better field? I think it's just because I think it has to happen. Like, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't like dealing. Definitives, you know, that sky that you know it's golf, and you know, it's hard to to, to make that kind of claim, but he's just playing so well, like and he, and he just keeps getting himself into the hunt, and his game is so tailored to these golf courses. And I and I just look at Adrian House and, and Oliver Beck will break for as well. And, and when they both do, um, you think Cancer's probably overdue as well. And we've seen it in the past that people do eventually get through. So I am gonna go with him. Um he was fourth after the 36 holes at the UK Championship here during lockdown. Um, Did finish 28th, which is a bit disappointing. But I just liked how he's responded on social media and stuff. Like, to me, if I was Laurie Cantor, I'd be in hiding right now and just, you know, i would sign up on Thursday and hope no one notices me for a little while. But um, he he seems to be pretty positive. He's he's really happy with what he's done in Spain. And I I guess that's what keeps him going. Um, The only concern with that is, I don't know, if he needs to be a bit harder on himself to maybe get over the line. But, you know, it's, it's really hard to tell what... What spurs you on? Um but I think every single player up here makes really good claims. Um, you know, I think you're I think you're on one here as well. But um, you know, Ryan Fox and, and Dean Burmester as well are both close to I think.
0: Yeah, I, I think the course um course probably does play into, I guess, a better overall game, but a ball striking game. I mean, I think about the last time we saw it, the only time that we have strokes gain statistics to kind of tell a story. Um, but I mean, if you kind of look at guys that have played well here, you're not looking at overpowering bombers only taking advantage, even though Cantor is a very good driver, but we know it's ball striking iron game. Um, and I don't think you need to have the best short game. Some of the guys that were, were there, I think Richard Blaine won last year losing strokes um, putting. So, um, so I mean that, that tells a little bit more of a, of a story. And and who we can kind of come around to. And the one that I'm going to go with um, here is somebody who I can't explain 2022 all that well, because there's a lot hidden out there for Sam Horsfield cheated up four times this year, I believe a 12th and a fourth on the DP world tour goes off in Saudi finishes inside the top five, I believe inside the first round withdraws after round two. And we do not see him again until the Zurich classic last week, or I guess no, not last week, two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago and um, found it interesting. So was able to parse through some of that data um, on what Sam Horsefield, because him and Matt Wallace played together, finished inside the top 20 um, at the Zurich and looking into Horsefield's like uh, best ball rounds. So rounds one and rounds three. He was lights out. Um, you know, he was really, really good with the irons, gaining over two strokes per round in both of those rounds. I believe there was three golfers in the field that played that week, Horsefield, McIntyre, and Scrivener. Horsefield was for sure the best uh, on his individual performances. So I think that just goes a long way of talking about maybe filling in these cracks of not playing for an extended period of time. Probably was injured. Uh, probably had some things where um, just wasn't telling everything that was happening. So 30 to one for him when, I mean, in this field, I don't know, actually, odds. Uh, the last time we saw, were probably the favorite um, at this event. Let's see if I can quick pull um, in 2021 horse field was 25 to one. So a little bit longer. McIntyre actually went off 12 to one as the favorite, but yeah, for me, it's Sammy here.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I think, I think I'm still of the opinion, despite the absences that we've seen this year, that he is the guy probably in this field still completely that has the highest upside like in terms of can translate to pj toy you know he grew up basically in america um you know he seems very suited to that hasn't done it yet um and and patience is, is possibly wearing thin for some people that do back him but um yeah I, I think he's still in the position that he will you know dominate these kind of events and, and come back here you know you've obviously got some really, really strong, historically good players in terms of Lee Westwood and, and people like that in this field this week. But I think in terms of potential upside that we don't know, yet know about, I think Horsfield's probably the most suited to a, a PJ Tour career.
0: And I mean, he, it kind of showed a little bit last week on the PJ Tour, Matt Wallace came out of that strong finish by those guys and played well for the first time in a, in a little bit too. So uh, maybe there is just some hidden form shown in a, in a partner classic that nobody really uh, dives into all that much. So for me, that's, that's where I'm kind of drawing my line, making one decision at the top. Um, I, I wait until, I guess, the mid-range where we align on another golfer that we, we talked about right there uh, at the top of the show. But when are we going to stop betting Henny?
1: We're not. We're, we're, we're just going to keep doing it all the time. They, they bait us into it, right? Like he, he opened up at 50 to 1 this morning, still 40 to 1 over here on, on our books. But, you know, 6th. 25th, 27th, second, third, and sixth. You know, it, it, it's ridiculous. And yes, he had two bad rounds last week, but he just showed on Sunday what what he is and and where he is in his game right now. He's playing too well uh, to to really struggle and miss cuts and things like that. So until that doesn't, you know, until that doesn't pay off, uh, I'm just going to keep going there. Do I think it will end? Of course it will. He's he's not a guy that's going to be able to do this for the rest of the season. Um, but all the time he's 40 to 1, 50 to 1, whatever, bigger, why Why ignore it? You, you, you're just kind of doing it in the fact that you don't know what his ceiling is or whatever. I know we always talk about best in the ceiling and things like that, but um, I'm, I'm very much in the here and now of Henny Duplicy, and I just think all the time he's playing this well, we should keep to it. And I don't even necessarily think about course fit or or course form or anything like that, because neither of those kind of really apply to him. I just think he's playing so well, plenty of uh, you know, plenty of decent odds, and uh, carry on until he sucks.
0: Yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head. It's just nothing more than probably the best-informed golfer in this range. You could have probably made the same argument when we bet him last week that we probably should have bet Oliver Becker for the exact same reason. Yeah. Now Becker is you know, 10, 12 points shorter um, than what Henny is. But, yeah, it's just those two guys just, just excelling from – their tours and just continuing to do. So I, yeah, I am with you on Henny Dubassey. We got 45s here um in the States still that I think is a, a very fine number for, for somebody who could just show up and compete.
1: And I think we've seen with Becker as well, that the couple of times he's got in the hunt, he has struggled. Whereas I, I still think Henny has yet to actually throw one away. I, I still think that there's, a potential to kick on like he's done it earlier in the week and frame himself at of context, as opposed to being there Sunday and having a real chance and, and kind of backing it up. So, um, you could argue, you know, a couple of weeks ago when LaRafabel won, but, um, you know, LaRafabel shot 62 and that, and that changes things. So I do think there's still a little bit of unknown duplicity that I quite like.
0: Yeah. I mean, he literally, his two best rounds were better than the winning score. If you take, you know, he was minus 12 in rounds one and four. Yeah. So, um, just shoot even power honey and we got a victory to our names, <laughs> but, um, with that, I mean that's that's for me. Like those were the two. I'm dead set on underneath fifty to one. I, I really couldn't make much of an argument. I mean, you mentioned Fox. Fox has some some really trending approach game. Um, the player that won last year to not be named um, did come out kind of lights out of surprise. You know, coming back to this course, are you able to get him at forties after he played okay in the states? Actually, probably better than okay. Um, yeah. You know, so. That can make an argument but the one that i really really like and i can remember this tournament vividly you know last year about i'm rather confident on the back nine the outside of guido there was another italian golfer who they were they were odds on favorites and we got both of them guido and dodo molinari and and they were literally i think both like three to one top of the leaderboard it's going to happen it's going to be one of the boys um, and we're winning and, and Molinari's back nine was, was ugly. Um, was. He couldn't putt. He literally could not putt. He he could have pulled the bland and won the event losing strokes on the green. He just couldn't, couldn't even get there. He ended up like falling outside the top 10. Um, so, but with that being said, he is, he is very similar in form to what that kind of approach was last year. Um, you know, we see him finishing inside the top 10 last week being the lowest, Final fifty-four holes last week, being over a stroke per round for the last three events with his irons, he actually showed some life on the short game uh, last week, which he didn't leading into this event last year. So I just think a lot aligns for Eduardo Molinari on a course where uh, we know it was right there last year. Sixty-six to one is is more than enough for me.
1: Yeah, I think. I think with Eduardo, you know what he's going to do, right? You know that when he's in this form, he's telegraphing it. You know he's going to come and he's going to hit the ball well, and it is just—it's putt luck. It's not even necessarily, um, you know, anything else. And I actually took a first glance at his price and thought it was a little bit short, but yeah,
0: that's—that's a- that's, I think the argument is maybe he—he yeah. isn't, he isn't long enough.
1: But then when, when I looked into it a bit more, when you mentioned that you, you were doing it, I was just looking now, like even at the Qatar Masters, he was seventh after 54 holes. Like So if you look at the fact he's finished 40th for sixth last two, it doesn't sound so good, but he was he was right there for the whole week at the Qatar Masters, 15th, 10th, 7th after each of the first three rounds, and then just shot a 78 final round, very much akin to what he actually did here last year. Um, and and then, like you say, he just played so well last week, third after 54 holes. It just seems to be a Sunday problem for Eduardo Molinari at the moment, which is, not something that was, um, you know, something that we could attribute to him earlier in his career.
0: Absolutely. So he, he's like the one where I woke up and, and looked through a little bit of stats and even seeing what it was through the, the weekend last It's like, okay, you know, I'm, 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 I'm out of Molinari, no matter the number, they didn't give us a long number, but they're still uh, very much in there for me to get there. After that though, um is there anybody under hundreds? I go into long shot range. Yeah. Um, after this. Is there anybody that that you'd want to discuss uh, before we get triple digits? I thought
1: I thought about Matthew Jordan. I thought he, he could go well. I thought about Armitage, you know, they, they always seem to kind of come up in the in thinking, but not seriously. Um, you know, Scott Jameson was disappointing last week and can probably give up on him for a little while. Uh, It'll probably be the week he wins now. Um, Justin Harding was one of the first people I looked at again, just I don't know I just I kind of expected a slightly bigger number like you know I was looking at Henny and I'm looking at you know Laurie cancer and and okay, I probably trust Harding more than both of those in contention, but I don't know necessarily that he can get there so um I, I thought I'd take the the shot on the guys that are playing better golf
0: yep. Yep. I completely agree. So as we get into long shots, um, I haven't said it for the last couple of weeks, you know, I, I got to make sure I'm pumping that we're on the audio format. You know, if you think about Mayo media network, we've got a bunch of podcasts firing out here daily fantasy sports picks and bets, the mix you'll find Tom and I every week on that. This will go in the audio format. So make sure you subscribe, leave ratings, reviews, really Goes a long way. This is an exciting event for the European Tour, uh, the DP World Tour, excuse me, um, and also leading into some of the fun links courses that uh, we'll get in approach to the Open Championship that'll also be here before we know it. So I uh, appreciate a plug on there for us too. Um, long shots. Tom, I'll let you lead off with another golfer who we were keen on at this event last week uh, or last year. I was on him last week, even. Uh, Eddie P. Talk us about that. Yeah, I-
1: I think that, you know, you liked Teddy Pepper last week because of what he'd done the week before, shot 65 in the final round, right? And, you, and we were debating between the two of us whether it was one round that's being overvalued or whether he was back. Um, in the end, he missed a cut, but he only missed a cut on the number. Um, and when you actually look throughout his career, if you go on tours, if you look at the location form, he loves playing in England. And it's not this not even necessarily England, it's it's the UK and Ireland. Um half of his best finishes in the OWGR have come there, which makes a lot of sense, right? Um, but he's got a win and a second in the British Masters, not necessarily at this golf course at all, but you know, at those events. Uh sixth at Wentworth and a sixth at the Open Championship as well. So he just plays really, really well with it, when it kind of means the most at home, which I really like. Um he was 11th here last year, but he was actually leading after 54 holes, which I don't actually remember that well. I know you said that we were on him, but I don't, I don't even necessarily remember that um, because I think we just kind of got caught up in so much of what happened on Sunday. But I thought that, I mean, he's 140 to one over here. not entirely sure what he is over there. But, you know, I just thought that his price hasn't really shifted and it hasn't. Whereas like Eduardo Molinari, uh, his price factored into the kind of course form and, the event form uh, I didn't think it necessarily happened to Pepper I don't think he kind of got cut for that reason so I thought it was worth taking a chance that he can kind of bounce back from a bit of disappointment last week uh, and focus on what he'd found good the week for
0: he's as long as 200 to one uh, here in wow. the States and, and you I know think I think, yeah yeah I really do um, I, I like the argument and I think but we've seen back-to-back Spanish winners winning in the home country. So you get into a neck of a woods in, in certain form, uh, might show out. You know, I think that's something to be said on on these higher variants, uh, lower talented fields compared to uh, some of the big boy stuff that's out Absolutely. there. So yeah. um, I, I do think this was a range that, that did really call to me. And, and statistically, the first golfer that um, stood out to me, uh, Richard Mansell. And I don't really know if I love Betting Mansell all that much. Um, he is an infuriating golfer, from what he, he really should step on with. Um, he's Laurie Cantor light in, in maybe a way, um, very very good off the tee, um, but his irons have shown life now, um, and I think that's enticing. Uh, doesn't didn't I guess didn't have full status? I think he fell down. Um to the challenge tour. First challenge tour star, he arguably should have won that one. Um, you know, but he, he's not somebody, he's got a little Sunday scaries in him. But at these prices, I I think there is a lot to be said about Manzel um uh just continuing his, his ball striking prowess. So he was the first one that stood far and away from me when we got in this range.
1: Yeah, I think for Manz so I had this discussion with. With Brad and 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 even Jason in our our group chat with Lost Words, and you know he was eighth here after 36 holes last year. Uh, He finished 12th on the on the Belfry in the on the Challenge Tour event as well. Uh, My my only thing with with Mansell is just I just simply don't think he can actually win or and he doesn't even seem to actually pay out in each way either, like or top five. He just seems to get himself in a position and kind of fall away and finish top 20, top 30. So I, I would say that that was probably the way I would play him, if anything, I'd probably put him in a top 20, top 30 bet. Um, and and then, you know, sprinkle the number, the outright, right. You know, the, there's no reason not to, because he's, he's triple digits. And as I said to you before, you don't really need to uh, consider it when you get to a certain price, if you like someone. And I think the, I think the Laurie Canza thing is, is poignant because I think that, you know, people would have said the same thing about Laurie Canza two or three years ago. And, and he's probably just that little bit further behind in development. Um, so, top five here this week and and things can really change. So yeah, I I do like Mansell and and I think that it's a good play. It's a shrewd play. I I just would take him in placement markets as opposed to winning.
0: Yeah. uh, I think it's very fair and and probably a great explanation of, of his game. Mm. Um, For me, I'm going to stick with one more um, that we talk about here and it's a golfer who did come off a victory um, not all that long ago. and, And now we get, more into I think a course that I kind of expected him to to maybe be shorter on maybe the markets didn't react all that much but we were just barking up the tree on why Ewan Ferguson was a great bet why he was trending in the right way why his number made no sense for how close he actually was he gets a win then he misses the cut then he shoots a million on Sunday, but was inside the top 15, I believe after the third round last week. Yep. Um, so, and it was doing it with the way that we want it to be done. If we look at, you know, kind of the ball striking numbers. So that to me, I mean, again, Sunday was really, really bad. There was a couple of golfers who were right up there um, who, who blew it on Sunday. I mean, he shot a 78 after going 71, 70, 70. But um, I think we used to tell a story about his season and at 150 to one, when you're lining up kind of, you know, a first victory that there's definitely a fall off that happens after that. And there's no excuse. um, And there's no reason that books need to double the price of really what he was at all that long ago.
1: Yeah. I I mean, so look, the, the two events I was barking up Ferguson and you were as well, because, you know, he was finishing 38th, 60th, 50th, but he was like inside the top 10 after 54 holes. Right. And it was the same last week. He was 12th um, going into the final round to, to your point. And, it is it's just simply you know you, you probably win get your first win after you know trying so hard and i think you just relax off you know luke list has done it on the pj tour and i think you know foreshadowing what i'm going to talk about later i think he might do something this week but you and ferguson it, it it's I, i'd like to knock out one round each week if i could and you'd like to do that with every golfer, right and that, that would mean you'd be betting a lot of people all the time. But I think there is a high ceiling for Ferguson. We've been talking about him a long time. Um and he's and he's kind of reaching his potential and showing it. And I think 125, 150, whatever it is that you've got um on him now, I think is is a pretty big number because I look at like some of the numbers uh, the, the 75s and the 50s and the 60s and they're just golfers that don't win. Like they're they're just they're just people that they're names but they're not going to win. Um, I'm not going to say those names because then that means they'll win, and this will get snipped up later. But there's 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 half a dozen golfers below him that I think are you know ridiculously short compared to him. So yeah, long way of saying I like.
0: I think it's a, a good example, kind of talking through him. I've got one final one, but I think you can make a strong argument as you close out your your last selection here because I think he makes some sense.
1: Yeah, so Dave Koopland is someone that. He is the epitome of just getting back to home, right? I spoke about Pedro Oriol in Spain last week, and it didn't pan out. But um, just people just play better at home, and he just he just raises level. He was tied 16th after 54 holes last week, even in Spain. Had a really bad 79, exactly the same as Ewan Ferguson, basically a mirror image of what, what he did. Um, but his last six starts in England, he's made five cuts, and he's got a third, a ninth, and a 15th in those, and a 28th and 53rd as well. Um, he was third here last year in this event, and he was 28th in the UK Championship, was at the Bella Free as well. Now, he is powered by putting. I think that's probably fair to say. And, and he's harder to rely on than maybe a Ferguson. Um, but then I think that's kind of, you know, taken into account with the, the odds that are offered to him.
0: What was interesting, though, is last week he played, uh, I guess, what started to me last week in his numbers were... This is kind of like that golfer that you find that might be showing like one thing, and then all of a sudden you run into a a course history that you like. I mean, he was second in the field, uh, I guess third in the field in strokes gained approach. He could not putt at all last week, so completely opposite of his game. But maybe you like to see the irons trending into a course he's shown success on, Um, and he's what three hundred to five hundred to one out there in some books.
1: Like, and it takes the pressure off, like as you say there. and, And to be honest, I didn't even look that far into his iron numbers because I was a little bit wary about numbers. In terms of, of the data we've got. Um, but that's, that's so promising because it means that you don't have to. I don't think necessarily, like you said earlier, uh, Richard Bland won without putting last year, and Molinari could have done. Um, you know, it's a course that probably allows you to ball straight your way. So if he can do that and find some putts over the weekend, again, I think he's very much in the same mold um, as Mansell, probably more of a, a top 10, top 20 bet. Um, both of those guys are really good for like DraftKings, if, if that comes about. But um, yeah, I, I think Dave Cooplin is a uh, big price is worth just taking a chance.
0: Yep, 100%. When we talk about the data, though, too, I thought this was really interesting. And I, I, it, one, In one side, it tells a story of a golfer. and the other side, it tells us the issues of potentially what we have ran into the last two weeks, no shot tracker um, caddies potentially giving numbers that like could translate the stroke scan approach. Did you see the stroke scan approach a leader the last two weeks and the numbers Ra- of Raphael
1: Jacqueline? And yeah, and, and man, it's, it's, it's
0: absurd numbers.
1: And, and the but, thing is, is, I would really want to know how accurate they are because he is a thousand to one over here, Raphael Jacqueline. And this is a guy that, that can win golf tournaments. He's won a bunch of them. And, you know, I don't think he's going to win this week, but he's, he's play. You well get England. a good
0: top 20. Like that's, yeah. that's where it's like, it, are these numbers something? Cause he lost, it says he lost 3.4 strokes off the tee last week, but then he gained 3.87 approach. Then yeah. he lost 4.5 strokes off the tee the week before, but gained 4.4 on approach. So like clearly he's either hitting it all over the park and then finding a way to still make it a, a reasonable, like, greens and regulation because he's not like number one in gir by any means. Right. if he was number one in gir and showing these numbers i would believe it but um you could be that bad off the tee and then just get yourself to an okay position to, yeah. to putt but that's saying that's still saying something that your irons are that good if you could just measle it into the fairway maybe and um, you know.
1: And you would you would expect someone like him like he's not a guy that is erratic generally like he's a guy that should just be able to you know just laser one down there and he was twenty first here last year he opened with a seventy five, um and and he was up there so uh, you know that top twenty bet if I just don't with him I don't trust the numbers and it's just like I just think his caddies having a bit of a whale of a time and and just giving some numbers in but if they're true then why not and he's, I mean, made, the, he's so,
0: made the cut both times sometimes you see those numbers be so absurd if they yeah. like miss the cut yeah you know let me try i'm gonna search this live as we go well what are you're talking <laughs> about
1: like thomas bjorn had like a bit of a renaissance last week like you know you see these these players that can just come back and especially on a, a technical golf course like the belfry like he can just plod his way around and get you know inside that kind of top 10 top 12 and and i just think that's what you're looking at. I mean, look. last year, Chris Wood was in terrible form, managed to finish inside the top 11. Um, you know, David Cooplin, as I've already mentioned there, top uh, t- tied third, uh, Jacqueline 21st, Kjeldson 19th, but there, there was plenty of kind of like historically strong players that, you know, just popped up for a week. And and I think you do get that on those English courses.
0: These are the story. These are, I guess, the bets that it's like it's a thousand to one. You would regret it way more if you did Yeah, definitely. But yeah. It, it's not that big of a deal to, to get a little bit sprinkled on him versus question the, the legitimacy of the number. We'll be one. legends, Tom. We hit 1,000 to 1. I mean, I, I try to put those up. We might as well add another one to the board. Um, I'll have one
1: so, I'll have one less latte this week, and we'll, we'll get Rafael Jacqueline in, shall we?
0: Yeah. So he was – okay, I'm going to pull this back up. So he was 40th in greens and regulation last week. The week before that, he was 24th. So then I'm trying to piece together why he was so bad strokes gained off the tee. This is where it doesn't make sense to accuracy. He was sixth last week <laughs> driving distance. He was one Oh six. So he's short off the tee and maybe, and maybe this is the way things are trending on the DP world tour is like longer hitters are just killing it off the tee like they're the best players in the field probably and like you can gain a lot and maybe because he's so short like it's almost what got me interested in the luke donald at rbc heritage is when luke donald's numbers approach are very very good right now and you can kind of tell that story so 1001 Jacqueline, i'm just going to believe it enough to sprinkle there but i've got one one more bet and forgive me because i've relapsed tom like it's it's here man I, I have to, one year, maybe this is what it's all been leading up to is this exact moment. The anniversary. You know, the, the, we go through Tory Pines and then we go through Detroit and then we go through the bottom of the bottom. And then I, I cut away and he leads to the Masters and then I give up and then he's first round leader. And, you know, it just tells a story and it's like, okay, he kind of did this to tempt us. It's like, okay, he wanted to show a little bit before he comes back to the same place where it got stolen from him. stolen is the right word. I think is yeah, the it's, best it's word definitely the right word. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely correct. So I, I just couldn't, once again, if you talk about just one fifties, you know, it's, it's enough for me. I, I have to Tom, I, I can't not do it here. And he's he's ready he's made two cuts in a row that's form that is a lot of form right there we don't get that much the dp world tour out of some guys man and back-to-back made cuts is enough for guido migliazzi to make a return i'm not here to say i'm betting him every single week once again however this is the week and when he wins we'll bet him again for another two or three years and we can free roll it.
1: i've got two comments one is you've just mentioned that Raphael jacqueline has made two cuts in a row and he's a thousand to one so just, just want to put that in context. But two, if Guido wins, let's hope it's just over Richard Band's lifeless soul on 18, where he is just he is just absolutely buried him after a 60-foot putt on the, the seventh playoff hole. Don't bring up
0: the 60-foot putt, because last time that's what he had on 18, and he probably hit it a hundred feet and it hit the pin, and then, and then he got lucky. Yeah, he, he but that one's going close
1: it's going in this time it's going in and Richard Bland is just going to collapse in a heap a year like after it. thinking he can defend his British Masters and that, I, Richard if you're out there and you're listening yeah, um, we, you love know, you. we love, we really you. Like, we, we love we, you we love you but not this time you're not doing it again to us um, I cannot watch my friend break down uh, more so I'm upset for you than Guido like it, it's I it just concerns me and I need someone to co-host I can't do this on my own Um, I think Guido
0: is still just living his best life. I don't think he's got a stress in the world. He he does not. He doesn't care.
1: We care more than he does. (laughs) We are so much more invested in Guido than Guido is. A couple of names before we kind of sign off that I thought maybe you might have uh, been interested in. Uh, Yannick Paul and and Lucas Nemeth. I thought... yes potentially would have been uh, on your cards this week and maybe in that kind of place of man. So I just think they're hitting the ball nicely. Um, Lucas Nemeth, especially has just been very consistent since he's come up to uh, the tour. Just obviously, we just don't have a lot on them uh, in terms of what they're going to do here. I don't think Nemeth has actually played much in England at all. Um, and I'm just trying to remember if Yannick Paul Yannick Paul actually finished third here on the challenge so that's, tour.
0: I think it's worth going through that leaderboard um, yeah. a sec for who played here. So, I mean, the winner was our friend, our, our friend Hugo Leon, um, one here. Now, when I think of Peak Hugo, he is epitome of like, he's like Eduardo Molinari in a sense of just would hit fairways, drive it pretty well, just have no short game approach. So um, Hugo's in, in not very strong form right now. So I, I can't go into him, but I think that that was kind of telling of potentially the type of golfer that uh, I was intrigued at getting into this week. So if we continue on that leaderboard, you mentioned Yannick Paul was up there. Um here, loading
1: for me. Oliver Becker was second that weekend. Yep. Okay. The the concern with me is that like seventy-two on the final day he lost by one. Like that yeah, and that was on the challenge tour, right? And that kind of tells me a little bit, not necessarily it could be a positive the way he's playing. And then Gouvier and Yannick Paul um, you know, ended off the the, the top four there. And then there were kind of names that were basically irrelevant yeah, to yeah, um, at 12th
0: Yeah,
1: Hannah at fifteenth. I'm um, not really sure Chase Hanna's playing this week.
0: I don't think so. Mm. Nicholas Norgard mahler was 21st. JC Ritchie yeah. was 25th. Um, he was in the field this week. Uh, I think that's the only... But it doesn't get played so, on any other tour, does it?
1: No, Hanna is playing this week, okay. um, which we've actually seen some life from him, second at the Qatar Masters, but that's about uh in Spain. So really hard to tell with him. So that could be a guy that could surprise there, Chase Hanna. Um, but but I don't want to try and put too much stock into that Challenge Tour event because I I, I don't know if they set it up differently and, and things like that. But um, yeah, it, I think it I think it's a good supporting uh, argument for someone, uh, but but nothing more than that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's run down our, our boards again here, Tom.
1: Yep. So for me, I've gone for Laurie Canter for my sins. Uh He's thirty three to one here. Henny Duplessis uh, as big as fifty to one. You said Eddie Pepperell two hundred to one. David Coupling, whatever you can get, um, you know, 300 is one and bigger. I really like him, uh, especially in the kind of top 10, top 20 markets. And I think we're just going to do it, right? We're going to skip the coffee one day and have Rafael Jacqueline at 1,000 to one.
0: Yep. Amen. So Sam Horsfield, 30 to one. Henny Duplessis looks like it's been cut to 45 to one now. Eduardo Molinari, 66s. Richard Manzo, 140 to one. Ewan Ferguson, 150 to one. Guido Migliazzi 150 to one and Raphael Jacqueline one thousand to one. Man, let's just run the board, Tom. Last year, this event, we had three, if not four guys in contention going into Sunday. I felt so dialed in to the event. Sunday just didn't pan out like like we wanted it to. And this year it is going to. I have that feeling for
1: us. I think so. And I think I I struggled with my selection selection. I think it was actually because it's been a holiday over here today, and I've actually had more time. And I think it was a little bit of like uh paralysis by analysis and that kind of thing yep. but I love how confident you are in your picks um I, I do still believe that Henny Duplessis is, is our guy for the moment um, and if Raphael Jacqueline makes us uh happy then uh, you know we'll, we'll go to France to celebrate
0: hey amen I will see you there appreciate all you guys you're welcome to join when we cash some big tickets <laughs> yeah. this week. thank you as always for the support and we'll see you next week